The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii, Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Vaughn, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour of blessing. Good morning, everyone. I'm Head Pastor Billy Hong Jr. And I would like to thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV Channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU TV Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR TV Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY-TV, Channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado, as well as from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world with a sign on the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon a landmark in Kali for over 95 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hans Sr. in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is, those of you in the hospitals and conference and homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. It takes dedication to do the Lord's bidding, and as members of the Apostolic Faith Church Choir, they have that dedication. Most have full-time jobs and are full-time caretakers of their families and some attend school. But as daunting as these responsibilities of their daily lives may be, our choir still find the time and strength to faithfully give of their time to the Lord. 
In a choir band orchestra, you will also find some of them working diligently behind the scenes to make our weekly programs possible. This morning, the choir will raise your spirits and lift the joy in your heart as they sing for you the wonderful song entitled, Can't You Hear What My Lord Said? The choir will be accompanied by Edith Matsuke on the piano and yours truly on the organ. Thank you, choir. TV viewers, don't deny the call of the Lord. While you're still able to do His bidding, 
Come to him, do his will, and heed his calling. There is nothing but victory in store for those who come to Jesus. Now the church band under my direction will play the number entitled Triumphal Overture.
Associate Pastor Timothy Hahn Sr. will sing for you today a beautiful melody praising his love for our Heavenly Father. From his humble birth to his glorious resurrection, Jesus has proven his love and all he asks in return is that we come to him in true baptism, live the life we were destined to live, and testify to others so that all may know the true love of the Savior. Tim will be accompanied by Associate Pastor Marvin Abing on the bass, trusty Associate Pastor Evans Broad Sr. and Mason Asano Sr. on the guitars, Iris Locke on the drums, and myself on the piano. Down from its glory, ever-living story, my God and Savior came, and Jesus was his name. Born in a manger, to his own a stranger, a man of sorrows, tears,
The church choir will sing their second number for today entitled, We Believe. The words are provided for your convenience. Please sing along with our choir.
and I call upon the talents of the Carilla siblings to present their version of the medley entitled, Let Jesus Come Into Your Heart, and Since Jesus Came Into My Heart. The vocal group known as Saints in Harmony are gathered together and they are eager to sing to the Lord and to you, saints and friends, the song entitled, The Haven of Rest. I find it a privilege to dedicate today's number to a wonderful sister in the Lord, Mrs. Cecilia Barang. Sister Barang, may the good Lord continue to bless and strengthen you and keep you in his precious care. May you have a blessed day.
Or the wild stormy deep. 
In Jesus, I'm safe evermore. Good morning, and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I would like to repeat our television time, stations, and locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY channel 9 in El Centro, California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. From 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY TV channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now, concerning our schedule of gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our Kaimiki Branch Church located at 1361 Palolo Avenue, gospel services are held on Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castanera Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Kenneth M. Alverio in Lahaina, Maui, by Pastor Walter I. Tinloi in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Lenny K. Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Bologo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espera in President Rojas, Cotabato, Mindanao, Philippines. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to turn our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. Some of you in our viewing audience are undoubtedly wondering if the participants in our telecast are compensated in any way to perform in the choir, band, or special vocal and instrumental groups. My answer is an emphatic no. Let me reassure you all that every person you see in our telecast are bona fide members of the Apostolic Faith Church who give up their total rehearsal and performance times as well as their talents willingly from the heart for the glory of God and for no, absolutely no monetary gains of any kind. Contributions from our TV viewers are used, in fact, to help maintain these weekly telecasts. And through your generosity and financial help, I'm able to bring forth such sermons as the one I have prepared for you today entitled, To Whom Much Is Given, Of Him Shall Be Much Required. 
This principle runs through all of life and is true of nations, families, individuals, and even more so of the Christian. As an example, let us look at America. Though a relatively young nation, God has given her the privilege of being the strongest nation in the world. Attributable to its wealth, power, prosperity, and resources, more is expected of America than that of a poor country. To date, America has spent billions of dollars in foreign aid. So it is very true, much has been expected of America, and she too has given much in return. Let us look at well-known personalities and families who in turn have helped others by rendering their time and talent, and also through generous donations have helped many who are poor or have fatal diseases. Thusly, they are therefore expected to help more than others who have not tested the success they have. The focus of our sermon is, what about the Christian? And what responsibilities do they carry? And are they accountable? The Bible tells us that it is more blessed to give than to receive. Since being saved, we cannot brush off nor neglect the purpose of His coming to this earth or the obedience necessary to follow in the footsteps of Jesus, lest we take and profess His name in vain. Therefore, one can expect more of a Christian whose duty is to display the attributes of godliness, that is, forsaking the old nature which was taken to the cross. He must diligently reflect the Christian-like nature given to him by God's Spirit as compared to a person who has not yet found Christ as his Savior and Lord. Paul, strengthened by the inner man, the Holy Ghost, proclaimed these words of comfort as we read in Galatians 2, 18-20. For if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For I, through the law, am dead to the law, that I might live unto God. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Yes, we as Christians have only one path to take, only one right choice to make, that which leads forward and upward. We must let the grace of God abound in us. Paul realized a wonderful thing happened to him while on the road to Damascus. He felt the reality of God and consequently found out just who Jesus was, the almighty God. He carried the charge which was given to him by the Lord to preach the gospel of Christ. And he knew there was no turning back, no matter what the cost which even meant sacrificing his status in life that he might gain Christ. He displayed a loyalty and allegiance all Christians should follow, and more so during these perilous times in which we live. Peter inquired of the Lord and asked who must bear the burden of being steadfast. Thusly, Jesus answered him in a parable as we turn to Luke 12, 41 to 48. Then Peter said unto him, Lord, Speakest thou this parable unto us, or even to all? In other words, who are you speaking to? Is it I? And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward, whom his Lord shall make his ruler of his household, to give them their portion of meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Of a truth I say unto you, that he will make him ruler of all that he hath. But if that servant say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to beat the men's servants and maids, 
and to eat and drink and to be drunken, the Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him, and at an hour when he is not aware, and will cut him in asunder, and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. And that servant which knew his Lord's will and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. But he that knew not, and did commit things worth of stripes, shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall be much required. And to whom men have committed much, of him they will ask the more. Fear is the warning here for faithless Christians, taking lightly the seriousness of the gospel of Christ. Our stewardship in this life must be one which abounds in righteousness because the sacrifices made for his and the gospel's sake will reap a bounteous reward in heaven beyond man's greatest imagination. It is through us. Others are able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Let us read in John 3, 20 to 21. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. The theme of our daily lifestyle should be, let others see Jesus in us. Have you ever given serious thought to the powerful impact one's faith might have on someone else? and also to what makes a true born-again Christian rejoice continually, despite the trying times in which he lives? Take, for example, Nehemiah, who was given the task of rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. He boldly encouraged the people of God in spite of fierce adversity by saying, the joy of the Lord is your strength. We should be dedicated Christians and carry our commitments to the Lord with our whole hearts, mights, and souls. We read in 1 Peter 1, 8-9, Whom having not seen ye love, in whom though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. We certainly have joy which is divinely inspired. The comfort we receive in this troublesome world gives us strength to become overcomers as we await Christ's return in all his glory. Therefore, what is it that makes us so confident in this life? It's knowing that we are saved. Just imagine, all oh, the apostles knew that there was something special in the gospel. The Lord Jesus Christ preached. Otherwise, why would they have given up so much? Yes, by living the life according to that which God has provided in the scriptures, nothing can prevent us from hearing those wonderful words, come up hither. After all, God looks at our faith and the obedience which follows. Most assuredly, our deep and abiding faith will carry us through this life. Even physical impairment will not prevent us from entering into heaven. Though we be physically blind, it shall not prevent us from seeing His glory. Though we be deaf or of a slow mind, it shall not prevent us from hearing those words, Come up hither. Though we be bedridden, confined to a wheelchair, or to a hospital or nursing home, none of these will prevent us from being a part of the divine rapture. Even the grip of death cannot prevent us from being with the Lord when He comes to gather His jewels. Of all the wonderful days we may have in our lives, the most blessed day is yet to come. It will come when we soar up to meet Christ, 
enter through those beautiful gates of the city, having streets of gold, and finally seeing him face to face. Oh, the glory and endless bliss that awaits a true born-again Christian. This morning, amidst an environment of unbelief and self-righteousness, ask yourself this question. In my current method of worship, have I fulfilled all righteousness? And have I done what is really needful for me to enter into the kingdom of God? Am I sure that my sins, which are inherent to every person born into this world, have been removed? The answer lies in acknowledging the sovereignty of Jesus Christ, in whom God invested power to forgive sin. Philip spoke to Jesus about the very thoughts that may be currently plaguing your heart this morning concerning salvation and the doctrine we preach. We read in John 14, 8 through 9, Lord, show us the Father and it sufficed us. Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long with you? And yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He had seen and had seen the Father. And how says thou then, show us the Father? No matter what tradition or theology may be claimed, God cannot be put into three persons or three parts. We continue to prove this point as you read in Acts 22, 16, where Ananias told Paul, And now why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Remember this, it was not the baptism which washed away the sins. It was the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, upon whom Paul called. Because you see, it is the Lord's blood that washes away sins. Baptism is mandated because it displays the believer's active faith. Therefore, baptism is a symbol of a good conscience toward God. And as Jesus was baptized in the River Jordan, he who knew no sin, how much more necessary it is for us to fulfill all righteousness. Be assured, if Paul was baptized in Jesus' name, he certainly would not preach anything that he did not do himself. The only condition placed upon salvation is that one believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Thus, he will be saved and his entire household as well. Take the case of Paul and Silas who were in prison. While in prison, they sang hymns and prayed. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake. The prison shook to its very foundation. All the doors flew open and the chains of the prisoners miraculously fell off. The jailer awakened to see the prison doors open, and assuming immediately the prisoners had escaped, he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, in Acts 16, 28 to 30, do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And this simple phrase, what must I do to be saved, should be imprinted upon every seeking heart today. Paul and Silas preached Jesus to the jailer, the same Jesus who had been crucified and raised from the dead. The news the jailer heard was certainly good. We read in John 3, 5, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And in the seventh verse, marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. The description of water baptism is found in Romans, the sixth chapter, whereby baptism typifies the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Water baptism is the complete immersion of a convert in water and is administered in the name of Jesus. To be born of the Spirit is to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost as evidenced by speaking in an unknown tongue. In other words, a heavenly language. Yes, both baptism as well as speaking in tongues, according to God's word, are required in order to enter into the kingdom of God. After the jailer and his family were baptized, he and his household rejoiced because all were now true born-again Christians. Thus we see that the name of Jesus plays a very vital part in salvation as we find in Acts 4.12. Neither is there salvation in any other, 
for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And I'll refer you to John 5, 7. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. Can you tell me who the Father of the Lord Jesus was? It was God the Father who is the Spirit. Jesus conceived of the Holy Ghost was born of the Virgin Mary. John the Beloved writes in the first chapter and first verse, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word was made flesh in the person of Jesus Christ, the Almighty God. And of course, the Holy Ghost is His Spirit. His Spirit, Jesus in you. Paul begins to unlock the mystery of godliness as you read in Hebrews 1, 1 3. God, who had sundry times and the diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, that is his nature, and hope holding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right of the majesty on high. Yes, this is also confirmed by Matthew when Jesus said, All power is given unto me, whether it be in heaven or in earth. And again by John in 1 John 5, 20, And we know that the Son of God is come and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true, and we are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. That is, this is the true God and eternal life. I heartily affirm that your primary goal in life should be to enter into the kingdom of God, and it can only be achieved through the new birth we find that Peter, who was empowered by the Holy Ghost, boldly proclaimed to the, the, the keys to the kingdom of God. We read in Acts 2.37. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And in Acts 2, 38, he reads, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Most assuredly, salvation is a simple matter, but it takes a believing heart and a strong desire to flee the things of the world. It is on this accord that it is through the living word we have ascended to a higher plateau of faith, which is achieved through a listening and believing heart and remain continually motivated to do God's will. Our resources are great and infinite, and His Spirit gives us strength to be responsible and loyal Christians for the name of Jesus. This reservoir of strength begins by knowing that we have a Savior, and His name is Jesus. We have the Bible, which has never disappointed any believer. The words we church from it daily have endured the test of time, the ridicule of men both past and present, whose efforts are fueled by unbelief. For us, it is sweeter than honey in the comb, as it tells us of God's love and leads us along the pathway to eternal life. Thirdly, God has answered prayer and fulfilled prophecy. He has given us promises and has brought them to pass. The Apostolic Faith Church is a prayer-conditioned church. Our prayer tower was built solely for the purpose of praying for the souls of this lost and dying world. Fourth, our sins have been removed by the name and blood of Jesus, thus leading us on the final promise of heaven and eternal life. A child of God is destined for heaven, and there is nothing that will prevent him from achieving that goal. Nothing can rob him of his salvation. For the true born-again Christian, he is just as sure of heaven as he was on the day of his baptism. Let us read in 2 Peter, 1st chapter 10 to 11 verse. Wherefore the wrath of brethren give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, ye shall never fall. 
For so an inches shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We know of the resources of the believer's spiritual life, even those of the fruit of the Spirit, which assists us occupying a Christ-like nature while in this life. There are love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meanness, and temperance, which no one can speak against, which brings us to our daily reflection. What is required of a Christian? I refer to the frequently quoted scripture which is found in Matthew 5, 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glory your Father which is in heaven. For sure, once saved, we are expected to live a life above sin because the one that endures unto the end, the same shall be saved. God requires an undivided heart and steadfast nature. The greatest trouble with Christians today is that they love the Lord a little and love the world a lot. They give more allegiance to the things of the world than to the things of God, and which unfortunately only makes them woefully unacceptable to God. Reading James 1.18, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. There are two voices in every man's soul, and Satan is behind every worldly voice, seducing and deceiving. I ask you, therefore, which voice will you heed to? God has a right to ask us to love him above everything else on earth. But remember, God does not force us to serve him but rather leads it to us as a matter of choice. God does require believers to live a holy life. By holy, I mean one that lives a consecrated, separated, and dedicated Christian life. We can greatly influence people by what we say or do. However, an even greater impact is made by the way we live. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. With this in mind, we press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. God requires us to be active in His work and faithful stewards. It is not enough to be good. You must do good. There is one characteristic of the Apostolic Faith Church which is so very evident. That is, we never use the words cannot. God tells us in the Scriptures, if God be for us, who can be against us? So why not be up and doing for the Lord? Let us read 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Yes, God wants you to put your soldiers to the gospel wheel, and he has also placed spiritual leaders to manage and care for the work he has established upon the earth. We can say we are truly a spirit-directed church, and everything that we do is first committed to prayer, then God tells us when to move, assuring us it will be a perfect move and one without repentance. Finally, God wants us to be living testimonies of His love. We have a dreadful disease across the face of the land, and it's called sin. The only cure for that fatal disease is the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, but yet man rejected. If they only knew what they will experience following death and that there is no more repentance but judgment thereafter, how can they see the glory of the Lord if they know nothing of it? Let us read in Romans 10, 14 to 16. How then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed our report? 
Thus, we have a tremendous task of making people aware of Christ's saving power, the mystery of godliness, the mystery of iniquity, which entangles many. It has been a wonderful privilege bringing you the Word of God this morning. So if you would like to know more about God's Word, the church, and review these telecast presentations in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Han Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of his hands. Closing the program will be the church band playing that wonderful melody entitled Baptized into the Body.
preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.